0: what's up everybody it's dan binder boneyard coming at you from the office uh it is a dreary cold december sunday uh it is we are socked in with fog it is bone chilling cold it's that weird kind of cold where it doesn't just tingle your skin it like makes your kneecaps hurt Uh, And I'm sure all you guys in the Midwest are rolling your eyes and all that because, you know, it's negative 30 there and you're out playing football. But uh, anyway, appreciate you guys for uh, listening in. Uh, Get a lot of good feedback. I know I missed a couple of weekends. Uh, Been super, super busy kicking a job out. Um, We had a timeline on that, you know, looks like it's gonna work when you made it four months ago and then of course it always comes down to the to the wire uh always the stupidest stuff always the details like they say the devil is in the details and man satan was kicking our butt on this one uh, but anyway uh got her knocked out uh dude flew in from seattle got the scout turned the key and immediately drove to los angeles so uh you know that makes me feel good um you know like it just it's a, it's a good level of work and uh I, I like knowing that we do that kind of we we turn out that kind of product so anyway uh appreciate you guys for listening thank you for being here and uh that kind of brings me to a topic, uh, I've gotten a lot of feedback over the the last year or so about podcast topics. And people like the technical stuff. Um, I get a lot of requests for you know, engine stuff and suspension and, and things like that. Uh, but the more overwhelming feedback has been from people that like the uh, more conversational type topics like, um, you know, um, anecdotal stuff and stories and, and my personal opinions about how to do things. And, um, and so that's been helpful also as far as putting together a, um, uh, topics and, and just a quality product here. So, uh, today I know I've talked about this kind of in the past, but uh, I want to talk about um, the, man, I had a good, dang it, it was, it made, it it sounded really good, it was like a catchy slogan, and it was, I can't remember, I should have wrote it down, dang it. But it was like the, um, the wants, you know, the the can-dos and the must-dos, are. Something like that. I I don't remember now. Damn it. I'm losing my brain. But, um, no, there's, there is this thing about Project Creep where you get hung up trying to do everything right and in the end nothing gets done or it gets done not right uh, because you're trying to Rush through it. And, you know, that happens to all of us. We get into a project and it's, you know, oh, I need to replace my headlight switch. Well, when you pull the headlight switch out, you see the wiring is questionable. And then you're like, well, maybe I need to repair this wiring. Well, I shouldn't just repair it, it really needs a whole new harness behind the dash well, oh, now that I'm in here, these gauges really need to be rehabbed. And, oh, the defroster ducting is falling apart. And, oh, the heater box is full of mouse house. And, you know, and there are these terrible snowballs that keep you from ever getting the project on the road. Um, You know, and or... (laughs) i know some of you guys are like man i really need to get this horn working like it really bothers me that i don't have a working horn and i'll talk to a customer and they're trying to buy horn parts and then they just casually mention that the truck has no rear end like oh yeah i blew up the gears in the axle and uh it's just on jack stands like what are you doing why are you buying $80 worth of column and horn parts uh, when you can't even drive it? It doesn't even go down the road. But you are buying gaskets for the windshield when it doesn't run. Like, prioritize <laughs> prioritize your, your job. Um, you know, yeah maybe the horn is all you know how to work on but at the same time um you really you're throwing money at something that doesn't matter at all uh in this in the grand scheme of things uh not if you're going to have a truck that you want to use and enjoy so uh, you know think about what's most important uh and i mean like I get guys that call and they get so hung up on like rusty floors. Like, oh man, I got to do something about this floor rust. I got it. my floors floors are falling apart, my floors and then they tell me that, you know, the radiator they've put seven bottles of stop leak in it to keep the radiator from leaking and it's like, dude, like think about like the rust holes in the floors like throw some rubber floor mats throw a piece of mud flap over the hole in the floor and fix the goddamn radiator like the people's i don't know maybe it's just a fixation thing or or what but like you really got to take stock of your project and and take care of the things like make it run good make it stop good make it steer good then, make the electricals work. Make the gauges work. You know, make the door handles work. Make the windows roll up and down. Like, there's there's a level of importance that these things... That you've got to approach these things with. And, you know, it's like... Mounting the spare tire carrier should not come before installing the brake master cylinder. Like, it's just... I know it's such a, I know I'm saying this out loud and everyone is nodding their head and going, oh yeah, I totally agree. But I've talked to half of you guys that are trying to ask me what color upholstery you should put in a truck that's still on jack stands. Like, you you know, this is part of my other podcast about being real with yourself and being, you know, like, take a look in the mirror and decide do you want to have a truck with a cool plaid interior that doesn't run or do you want to have a truck with you know tore up up upholstery that you can drive and use every day like i i know the direction i'm going like i want a truck that i can jump in and start and drive and use because the upholstery can come later uh you know that stuff that stuff can happen later the most important thing is getting the damn thing running and I know Some of that comes down to budget Uh, Guys look at like oh, I need to spend $2500 on an engine rebuild So I'm gonna go spend a hundred dollars on You know this other part or a gate new gauges or something else and It makes sense in your mind that you're buying things and you're moving forward on your project but if you spend a hundred dollars a month you know for several months buying small stuff or doing small projects you're still gonna have the three thousand dollar engine job so what are you gonna do you're gonna have all these small parts and all this stuff that you can buy And then it's still sitting until you save up your three grand or whatever it is. My recommendation would be to try and do the expensive thing or the, you know, the big thing, the engine, transmission, axles, brakes. It might mean saving up for six or eight months to do it. But I think in the long run, that's the better way to go. Uh, and you can still nickel and dime a particular job. Like, let's say you need an engine. I'm just going to focus on that. Engine rebuild. Like a legit rebuild. So, you can buy the gasket kit now. You know, 180 bucks for upper and lower sets. You can buy the cam. You know, 180 bucks or 200 bucks. You can buy the lifter set you can buy the bearing kits you can buy you know that's a couple hundred bucks here a couple hundred bucks there and amass that in your garage and i know it's not sexy it's not you know new tires that you can bolt on and look cool in or whatever but if you are on a budget and you are overwhelmed by the cost of an engine rebuild or whatever then you can nickel and dime your way into it so that when it's time to take it to the machine shop uh hopefully you have one in your town and drop it off then the only things that you should have to buy are maybe the pistons and rings because you don't know what size they're going to have to take the block to it might get it might not even need to be bored Uh, it might just need a quick hone and you're good But, you don't want to buy pistons and rings until you know what the inside looks like. Um, But that's it. Uh, So, you know, by the time it's time to do the job, then it's just machine shop fees and what other little miscellaneous stuff you might need to purchase. So, you know, think about it like that. The transmission's a little bit harder uh, if you have an automatic. You know, the automatic rebuild kits are only a couple hundred bucks. It's all labor. Most automatic transmission rebuilds, are. it comes down to just labor. Um, or you, you know, get ambitious and try to do it yourself. Uh, that's something I will say it will save you money doing this stuff yourself. Uh, but again, you've really got to be honest with yourself. Do you have the skills to take that job on? And I don't mean you need to be a master mechanic before you decide to, you know, rebuild a manual transmission. But do you know how snap rings work? Do you know what needle bearings are? Do you understand, you know, like how, a man, how the main shaft spins in there? Like if you have the understandings of that sort of stuff, then you probably have the abilities to tackle the rebuild yourself. If you, oh, and you also have to have the book. Like, do not try and rebuild anything without the manual. Um, So that's, you know, that should be purchase number one, no matter what you're doing. But, um, you know, if you don't have that ability, then you need to just be resigned to, you're going to set $100 a month or whatever it is aside so that when you get to the 2500 or whatever it is to have your transmission rebuilt then you've got it and you're good to go um you know small stuff that you want ask for it as a gift for your birthday or for christmas or whatever if you don't believe in those holidays well then i don't know what to tell you but just you know get someone else to purchase you the mirrors or uh, you know the spare tire carrier or whatever it is that you wanted um i mean i had a lady call here last month buying uh shocks for her husband for christmas like that's great like that is that's what he wanted he asked for it she called here and made it happen like if you need parts for your project Like, that's a good way to go about it also. Um, I know some people think it's dumb, but, uh, you know, if they really loved you, they would do it. So you just, you know, got to be honest. uh, You know, decide what you want, decide what you need. Uh, Focus on the big, biggest to little, uh, because you can always do the little things later. Um, You know, you'll, you'll always be able to scrounge up 20 bucks for... Uh, whatever but having three grand for motor rebuild that's that's different um, you know and then and also being realistic with do you need a lift kit right now honestly like I know you want to be cool on your 33s but what's cooler is the truck actually going down the road uh, you know that thousand dollars for the lift kit versus the $1,000 for the transfer case rebuild. Um, You know, like really think about your level of importance. Uh, Because again, the lift can come later. Getting it running and driving and going down the road is the, is the important thing. And I know guys get so hung up. I had a guy that was like, oh, I, you know, I got to do this. I need a drive shaft, but I want to do a lift. And if I buy a drive shaft now, And then I buy my lift, I'm gonna need a new drive shaft. And so I'm just gonna wait until I can get a drive shaft and the lift. And it's like, man, put the drive shaft in it and run it. And then in six months, when you have the lift, you take the drive shafts back to the drive shaft shop. Hopefully you have one. And they can retube it for a fraction of what the new price was. Um, you know, we do it all the time and yeah, it's paying for something twice sometimes, but what that means is that you've been able to use the truck, drive it. Maybe something else has popped up that requires the money that you would have spent on the lift, but now that you're, you're driving it, um, you know, something else comes up. And and so now the lift isn't as important because you need some other part so you know making it mechanically sound first and driving it and enjoying it then doing the lift kits and the the stereo you know putting your subs and whatever like then that comes after you know that it won't strand you at the gas station um you know and so it's that it's just that sort of mindset where it's and i know So many of you are just like, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. But I just, I'm just basing this off of the phone calls I get and, you know, just everybody that that I talk to. Because you'd be amazed at the conversations I have with folks that, you know, they're asking me about what size tire they can run on a truck they don't even own, um, you know, or just just crazy like why are you wanting to spend money on that when you know you have no glass it's like i I just sometimes i don't understand people's thought processes and so that's why i'm i'm shouting at you now because you know people do this stuff all the time and it's so confusing but anyway um and also the other thing is is some guys get hung up on quality like um i only want to run bf goodrich tires or toyo tires like that's i'm saving up for my my 35 inch bfgs and yeah bfgs are really good tires Uh, we put them on all of our nice restorations we've run some other brands um on some other ones but for you know the high-end builds they get usually BFG's or Toyo's and you know yeah they're they're more expensive but I promise you that they wear out just like less expensive tires wear out like me personally I run or have run for a lot of years the pro comps uh, I run pro comp uh, X terrains or something on a lot of my daily drivers And yeah, they're kind of a off-brand, you know, I don't want to say no name, but they're $50 a tire, at least $50 a tire cheaper than a comparable BFG or Toyo. I still get 50,000 miles out of them. I have never had a flat uh, in all of my driving uh, on the trucks. I've never had a flat on the truck with the Procoms. So, you know, shop around. You don't have to have that. Like, if you're trying to go for some specific tread pattern, like maybe, I guess, if you have this vision in your head, but that also shouldn't stop you from just driving it. Like, get some tires, get it on the road. Um, you know, us guys with the old trucks that are trying to run the super skinny, you know, bias ply uh, 750 16s. You know we have limited options and we run what we can run uh and i get that and if you're trying to build an old truck then you know that's that's what it is but you guys with scouts like just i don't know like i wouldn't get hung up on a particular brand of tire just because like put something on there so that you can drive it you know same with the parts like I don't care if you buy your parts at Rock Auto or Napa or whatever, Um, you know, I would be leery of the, you know, $3 wheel cylinders, Um, you know, at least get something middle of the road. I'm not, I don't think you need the, the high end stuff, but like get the parts to get it on the road, you know, and remember that these are hobby cars. Like ninety eight percent of us are building these things and driving them because they're fun, and they are our, our toys. They're not um, they're not getting us to work every day de- dependently. Like, so I hear guys are like, "Oh, I only want to work on it. I only want to do this once. I only want to touch this once." And if your mindset is you only want to do it once, then you're working on the wrong rig, because even you know, even the best stuff after a couple of years needs maintenance. It needs looking at, it needs going over. So, you know, these guys are like, I don't want to do the bushings in my frame until after I do my lift kit. Well, if you do the frame bushings now, when it's time to do the lift kit, you won't have to do them. And you'll be farther ahead. So, like, just do the do the bushings in the frame now, and do the rest later. You know, like it, it's just you're gonna have to have that mindset that you're gonna be back in there, which is good anyways because it gives you the chance to break the hardware loose, put the anti on the new hardware, get it together, and then you know in six months or a year whenever you have got to get back in there for your lift kit install or your new shocks or whatever it is the hardware comes apart easily you don't fight it you already know what you're doing because you were in there before so hopefully you remembered some of it and so the job the second time around becomes I don't want to say enjoyable but definitely not the knuckle-busting cuss-fest that the first round was and you know what I'm talking about, so you know things like that to consider. Um, and then at the same time, like don't shortcut it. Like if you have to take the fuel tank out to put a sending unit in, and you realize that you need you know vent hoses, like that's a safety security thing. Like do the hoses, like because they're part of that job you know like you don't do your vents and they're all cracked and broken then you're just filling your tank with water and rust and dirt and everything else and and yeah you will be back in there soon and that was because of your own laziness whatever so you know you have to take each job with a with a grain of salt but you or with a i don't know what but you just have to look at it from that Point of view you know if you are going to be doing a 30 gallon aluminum tank that you purchased from us eight months ago then you know do the vents do the filler neck uh, filler neck rubber do all that stuff so because that is one of those things where once it's in there you shouldn't have to get back in there for a long time Um, and that's kind of an, uh, not a necessity. Uh, man, I'm losing my brain. Um, like a, uh, an aftermarket accessory, whereas suspension parts, you know, or whatever, you're going to be in and out of there a couple of times if you're just trying to make it drivable. You know, like, you, like I said, you do the, the spring bushings and frame bushings, now and then in two years from now you're gonna do a lift well you need those pushings now like that's gonna help it drive better ride better be more safe you know that kind of thing so do that stuff now so putting a fuel tank in you know yeah it's an accessory but those vents and those hoses and stuff those are also a safety thing that you know you need to do while you're in there so that's one of those things to think about um you know brake work uh you know if you're doing the front brakes like check out the wheel bearings you don't have to do wheel bearings but uh you know might be something if you're going to do rotors you're going to have the hub off anyways so check out that wheel seal check out those those uh wheel bearings you know you don't have to replace them uh maybe just throw some fresh grease at them. just repack them and put it back together um, you might need a wheel seal if you pop the inner bearings out or the yeah the inside bearings out but wheel seals are cheap it's good to do those anyways because uh, they're there um, you know they help protect those bearings so you put a new wheel seal in that's fifteen dollars it's gonna save your hundred dollars worth of bearings for even longer uh, so you know it's little things like that to consider that um, yeah you don't have to do the whole thing, you know, guys are like, oh, I got to do brakes, but that means I got to rebuild my locking hubs, and I need to do this, and it's like, you know, play it by ear. Do what you got to do to keep it safe and keep it on the road, but you don't have to replace all of this stuff, you know, like, it just, it's one of those deals where, like I say, you got to use your discretion, and and it doesn't have to be the best of everything, and, you know, if you daily drive your scout, you're going to be back in there working on the brakes, and you know three to five years anyways so maybe then you know you'll need wheel bearings or seals or whatever like like i said these things are long-term projects and even when you know they're good you still got to get in there every couple of years and and work on stuff so don't think that because you threw some high dollar part at something one time that you never have to touch it again Uh, I mean, even new cars, you see, you know, these unit bearing front ends and dodges that are supposed to be maintenance free and all that, you know, the front wheels go flying off of them after 80,000 miles, um, you know, which is, what, four years, uh, you know, at 20,000 a year, which a lot of people do that kind of mileage. So, you know, even fancy new trucks, they still need maintenance like that every three to five years. So... You know, keep that in mind when you're doing these projects. That don't put it off because you're going to be doing something else. To be doing something else because you're going to be in there again, anyways. So, you know, just think about that. Um, you know, while you're doing it, just be real. Don't get hung up on the process. Just put her together. Anyway, I appreciate you powering through, and uh, I love everybody. Merry Christmas, and. Uh, until next time, I'm Dan from Binder Boneyard.